Welcome to the You Glow Nurse Podcast. My name is Fallon Lopez. I was a formerly burnt out nurse, recovering people pleaser, now turned nurse wellness coach and host of this podcast. I empower nurses to take back their health and healing so they can find their voice again and prevent burnout. We are tapping all the way in, creating open spaces for busy, burnt out nurses who are ready to grow and glow into their passion for helping others without jeopardizing their own health and wellness. Ditch the burnout, build healthier habits and resilience instead. Let's get to it, y'all. So what does self-love really mean? Hey friends, thanks for hopping on for another episode of the You Glow Nurse Podcast. I recently had a chance to interview a wonderful friend of mine, Dr. Caroline Iskovitz inside the nurse wellness community. That's my private Facebook group, especially for nurse wellness and all of the things wellness related to nursing life. So if you're not a part of it, go join now. The link is in the show notes. So we had a wonderful conversation inside the community with Dr. Caroline. A little bit about Dr. Caroline. She has been professionally empowering women for the last 12 years when it comes to the mind and body connection. She started in the field of psychology, specializing in marriage and family therapy. And now she's a female entrepreneur coach and wellness consultant for the last four and a half years. So you can imagine all of the wonderful gems she shared with us. So thankful for her insights and shifts that she shared with us in the nurse wellness community. So whether you're thinking about starting a business, or you are a self-driven individual like many of us as nurses, you know that your greatest asset, your greatest investment is you. And in our latest conversation, we talked more about what that looked like for us. We talked self-love, boundaries, and how practicing these are breaking the stigmas around mental health because it is Mental Health Awareness Month as we're ending off the month of May. So we spoke more about this with Dr. Caroline. How does self-love, practicing self-love and boundaries really help you have better mental health? Dr. Caroline shares her personal definition of self-love and how to start implementing it in your busy, self-driven life. She also shared all of the wonderful ways she helps her clients. Hearing her story was inspirational and motivating, y'all. It is exactly what you need to get moving in your self-love journey. So let's get into it. Please welcome Dr. <laughs> Caroline. Hey, what's Hi. going on, friend? Thank you so you? much for having me. <laughs> yes, it's been well overdue. I talk about you um, and we're connected and I just love all the things that you're sharing always. Um, so I'm so glad that you made time in your busy schedule to come chat with us <laughs> nurses because we need some of that. We need all of that mental health, wellness, self-love, especially since this is May, Mental Health Awareness Month. I think it's really special that you come talk to us. So let's get into it, unless you had something to add. 
No, no, I'm just so happy to be here. And I mean, you always speak my language just about self-love and everything else we've talked about. I was just like, you know, listening backstage. Um, but I'm so excited to be here, honestly, and honored. For sure, for sure. So tell us more about your background before we get into, you know, all the questions about self-love and everything else. Let's get more into your background. What type of doctor are you? How do you help your patients? And how did you get into coaching? It's an interesting ride, I'm sure. <laughs> it definitely was <laughs> unexpected, I will say. Um, so I, my doctorate is in psychology, clinical psychology, and I specialize in marriage and family therapy. So it's really important just family dynamics, just as nurses too, you are dealing with everything, just what Fallon has told me so much about too, but really how you deal with the entire dynamic of the hospital or wherever you do work. But I know for me, that's where I started family dynamics, understanding family relationships, patterns, and working with anyone from the age of four to 65, I think was my oldest client, um, and individuals, different kinds of things. And I absolutely loved it. I really did. And I'm a huge advocate for psychology still to this day because mental health is one of the most important things to me outside of our physical health because I believe in the mind-body connection. Um, but I always had a soft spot for the health aspect of it, the physical health. And when I started to get very burnt out, my, about my fifth year in psychology practicing, like I said, I loved it, but I started to feel just overwhelmed, exhausted all the time. I noticed myself like looking at my watch a little bit more than I had normally. Like I was just getting tired and I, I was like very attentive to my clients, but I noticed there was something off and I was in my own therapy at the time. And I think I was just so burnt out that physically I started to lose a lot of weight. My hair started to fall out. So I was getting a lot of the symptoms and I didn't know what was going on. And then I had a conversation with one of my best friends and she's like, what if you just move back to Florida because I was living in California at the time and take a break and then start a coaching business since you still love working with people. And I was like, that's a great idea. <laughs> so I had a game plan before I just like left. <laughs> um, I like terminated with my clients particularly the way I was supposed to. I gave them way in advance notice and everything to make sure that they were set to move on to the next therapist. Um, but that's essentially how the coaching came about. My best friend planted the seed and I was like, yeah. And um, so four and a half years later, I got back to my, or created my niche as female entrepreneurs because it just through my own journey of seeing all the issues that came up, the highs, the lows, really helping entrepreneurs in particular of just understanding how to really navigate everything that's thrown at you in those first th few years and maintaining that because burnout can be a cycle, but it's about catching it sooner. So it doesn't become something that's harmful to your overall health. So yeah, that's a little snippet. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I love that. Like, we're gonna talk about the burnout, definitely. Yeah. We're gonna go there because burnout is something that nurses struggle with, something that I'm like recovering from as well. Um, so we're gonna get into that, but I wanted to take it back and just like how, say how much I admire you going after what you want and shout out to that best friend. Look, best friends <laughs> that are pouring into us, that are supporting us, that are motivating us forward. Come on, best friend, I like that because you have to have those people that are like, you know, gonna push you and be like, hey, elbow you a little bit. Maybe you should yeah. go for what you want, right? <laughs> so definitely, I love that. That is so bold. <laughs> and Dr. Caroline has told 
tell me about her travels. Her and I chat sometimes. I almost want to say like, you're kind of like a mentor. I, I'm just throwing that out there already. Um, you know, friend. like, and she's told me about her, um, her travels. And so she's so bold. Like, I love it. So going after what you want, that takes some boldness. That takes some, I don't know, confidence, some like faith, all of those things. Like, how did you like, get to that point, get to that level where you were able to take that leap, um, trust yourself and be like, hey, I need a change because this mm -hmm. burnout is right here. This burnout could happen, it's very real. And how mm -hmm. did you implement that? If you could just share like a few tips maybe. Yeah, you know what really like set everything off too? Like, because I don't think it was just like overnight, like I had the conversation then started thinking about it. But that last year in California, in the because I moved in August of that year. And in January, I created a challenge for myself is the 52 hike challenge, where I was going to do a different hike every week, different trail. I ended up finishing the challenge before I left California. But my point of bringing that up is I started to get different perspectives from different trails just of my life and really having that alone time in nature and being on top of a mountain, just like kind of really evaluating my life. Where do I want to go? What does that look like? And like what you were saying with traveling, I love traveling. And the population I was working with at the time, um, some were really high functioning, so they were fine. Others I was seeing multiple times a week, so it was a little more high crisis type clients. So it was a little bit harder for me to take time off. So I felt a little bit trapped. And I didn't realize this at the time. It was like hindsight's twenty twenty. But I started to really look at my life. I'm like, do I want to be in an office the rest of my life? And the answer was no. Like being in nature like changes my world. And I wasn't able to get out as much as I would have liked to if I continued down that path. And there's a lot of creative ways as therapists and in the mental health world that you can change your lifestyle. But I felt like in that moment, I was meant to do something more in a different capacity and a different platform. And it just kept coming clear to me, the more trails I did, the more I was seeing different perspectives. It was just like having that alone time by myself. It was like that self-reflection. And it was really just like solo me, <laughs> like figuring it all out, dating myself, really just uh, going through my own therapy. But I think it was not just one thing, but it was really just taking care of myself from the inside out, I actually stopped eating meat. I stopped drinking. I stopped like allowing those things that were impacting my health in different ways to remove those. And that's where I think just so much clarity was coming in. And that's what helped me make that decision. And it was terrifying because it's like, I went to school for so long and now I'm changing. And everyone around me is like, what are you doing? But thankfully my parents were supportive. <laughs> we're like, you can come home. We want you home. <laughs> um, but it was a really good, I felt very confident in my decision because I knew there was something greater inside of me to help more people in a different capacity um, than I was at prior. So that's really what. Oh happened. man. Yeah. Yeah. That speaks so much to me because as a nurse, I've felt that too, like, like being trapped or like feeling like I didn't have a lot of options. Like this is how it had to be that I serve people as a nurse. This was the only way like at a, at the bedside or in an office, this was the only way that I could share or like help people. And that may not be what exactly I thought or the idea that I thought, or even like how I can honor me as a person. Um, but that came through, like you said, that alone time, that spending time reflecting, um, showing yourself a lot of self-love. And so mm -hmm. I, that's going to be a good segue for us to get into 
self-love. I know you kind of touched on some of those things. I want to say like that alone time is how you can give yourself self-love or like show yourself self-love. But in your definition, yeah, for somebody that's like a self-driven person that's very given, like the entrepreneurs, the nurses, the doctors that are very like givers of others, giving to others, like what is like a good example of like self-love or a definition of self-love, maybe in your own terms? Yeah, I think the first thing is boundaries. Creating boundaries is everything, um, especially being a former people pleaser, perfectionist, like in recovery of that. <laughs> um, it still seeps in sometimes, but really it's recognizing pleasing ourselves first. So everything that overflows goes to your patients, your clients, everybody in the office or the hospital, the families, everybody that you're dealing with on a day to day basis. If you do not have your cup full, you're going to get burnt out. You are going to get depleted. But it's really that mind, body, soul connection and prioritizing ourselves first and foremost. And I mean, I could go on about it, but like another little tidbit with self-love and how I define it, it's accepting our flaws and the insecurities, like acknowledging them, but not letting them take over. It's so difficult and it seeps in sometimes still to this day. I am not perfect, but I think it's just accepting it and being able to be like, oh, hey, you're here. Okay, I see you. I acknowledge you. I'm not going to deal with you, but I'm moving forward. <laughs> like, it's just having that recognition of it as well. But it really goes back to, like, the boundaries and prioritizing ourselves first and foremost. As hard as that sounds, and, I mean, it might be simple to say it, but actually doing it is a completely different thing. Oh, my gosh, yes. Like, <laughs> boundaries has been a whole game changer. And the way that you, like, define it, I love it because it's, like, self-love is not, like, you know, like, all this hype that's out here, you know, self-care, self-love, put on mm -hmm. the jammies, you know, put on your face mask, and that's your self-care, self-love time. Like, no, it's deeper than that. And that's what I love that you're talking about. Like, you're really breaking that apart right now. Like, how are you truly caring for yourself? And boundaries is a huge part. Like that is just straight up like, look, boundaries, like yeah. <laughs> separating yourself, having those limits from you and another person. Like what are your limits? You know, like what are, what separates you? What differentiates you? And that's a good thing. Yeah. That is an amazing thing. Like we should honor those boundaries. Um, and I think a lot of people in healthcare, a lot of nurses have problems putting up boundaries because we care so deeply for our patients, because we empathize so deeply for them. So mm -hmm. how could somebody start practicing boundaries or speaking up or putting themselves first? I know you said a lot about like getting alone time, but what is mm -hmm. one way that maybe somebody's just like watching right now, like how could they start practicing boundaries or self-love in that way? Yeah, I think it, it depends on where you are at, but if it's like you've never set a boundary before, it can be very terrifying. I know it was for me. Like it, it took a lot of work. Like to be quite honest, every therapist, like a therapist has a therapist <laughs> because you're dealing with everybody else's emotions too. But I think for me, when I, like I was learning how to really set boundaries with people around me because I'm just a giver too. Like being in the mental health field, I want to make sure my clients had everything possible and like constantly researching things and doing things outside of the office. And I'm sure as all of you as well watching too probably do the same because you want the best for your clients and you want to see them get healthy. And mentally, I want to see my clients get healthy as well. But I think the biggest thing is practicing writing it down. 
So like when I felt maybe overwhelmed or like, I don't know what to say or how to say this effectively, where they're not going to, I don't want to be mean or rude because that's always the like thought process. Like even with my clients, they say that all the time. They're like, oh, that's kind of rude. Like, no, <laughs> it sounds like it, but it's not. So it's writing down like bullets of like, okay, what are the facts? Like writing down the facts of what you're trying to say and practice that in a mirror before you even go to the person. So you have the courage, like just even if you're recording something sometimes, like for reels, if you're like, I, I do this all the time, <laughs> you're trying to record the voice and like half the time, like I mess it up. But I got better over time of like saying the same thing over and over. And it's kind of that same concept where if you're practicing it in the mirror, you're seeing what you look like too. You look nervous. Okay, maybe somebody's not gonna receive that as well. So if you're practicing it, gaining that confidence of, this is the fact and I'm setting this boundary. This is like what I need from you. So what's happening and what needs to happen moving forward. So when you are setting those boundaries, that's like kind of a little framework to remember when you are doing that. And because it's a one that's thing really to say it. Yeah. <laughs> but as it's one say, thing like, to say it. Yeah. One thing to say it and set it. Another thing to actually implement it and enforce it. Okay. The backup, right? Yes. That's hard. So hard. But it's not impossible. <laughs> but I love that you said do the mirror work, practice. That is such a good tip because like you said, like for those people that are givers, for those people that try to that are putting others first a lot, it can be hard. And you're like, I don't want to come off mean. I don't want to lose this re uh, relationship, jeopardize anything. I don't want to stir the boat. You know, I don't, you know, all of these excuses. But honestly, yeah. putting boundaries, speaking up for yourself, it's not mean, it's not ugly practice it might be it might come off a little rushed or um harsh at first you know mm -hmm. but you can smooth it out later just yes say something speak up like you said write it down practice it i love that it's great and just to kind of add to that too a little bit like when you are setting it you might the first few times feel a little awkward or like mm -hmm. you might get like a gut feeling like oh did i really just say that just still stand in your power because you're setting a boundary that it's important for your needs, but also the person you're setting that boundary for because now they're going to know, okay, I can't cross this line. Like you're setting that tone for it. But just remember, it might be really uncomfortable at first, but with practice, it'll get a little bit easier. Yeah, I agree. Making sure we talk about it. it it's uncomfortable, y'all. It is not just like super easy, just rolls off the tongue all the time. No, no it, it takes practice. Yes. <laughs> so why do you find that like entrepreneurs, busy, self-driven individuals, you know, we struggle to practice a lot of this self-love and um, boundary work. What are some reasons why that you have found in your work and how do you help your clients get past that? Yeah, I think, I mean, I kind of mentioned it, but like the people pleasing, not wanting to rock the boat um, because you're so focused on the next thing. You don't want to, maybe you feel like you can take on everything as well. So it's hard to ask for help or set those boundaries. Um, the perfectionism of like, well, I can do it. I've done it before. It's not a big deal or I do it better. Um, just some of the things that like I've heard <laughs> from clients as well. Um, and I mean, I'm guilty of that too. And my next point like also is like guilt. You might feel guilty for asking for help or like that you are struggling and you need that little extra, but don't know how to ask for it. 
because maybe you've been trained to just do it. Like there's no question about it. You just do it because maybe nobody else is doing it. You're always the one to fill in or step up. Somebody calls out, you're there. Like those things, I think that's part of the struggle. It's just so hard to, if you haven't enforced those boundaries, it just keeps happening. It's a vicious cycle. Um, and the other part is just maybe culturally, like how we're raised as well. Um, and that grind and hustle culture too. It depends on like the environment you work in as well. So I think those all play a factor and just even like a lot of the CEOs I work with and other entrepreneurs, they're doing, they're like a solopreneur. They're doing it all by themselves. So they, sometimes it's hard because it's like their baby and they're like, I don't want to give my baby to you right now. Like I'm not ready to do that. Um, when they're asking for help. So I think that's the struggle with it. But what you can do about it is start with small tasks, asking for help, like the smaller things. Then it's a little bit easier as it goes. You can ask for the bigger things. But I think when we take those baby steps, it makes it a little bit easier each time, especially if you're not used to doing it at all. But I think it's like the baby steps. Exactly. The baby steps. Like a lot of people just want to hop to like, okay, I have full confidence now. I have full boundaries now, healthy boundaries now. Like it's that middle part, that in between, those mm -hmm. small little things that you're doing every day. And I can definitely attest to that. Just not wanting to be somebody as a nurse when I was working full time on the floor. I didn't want to like rock the bow. I didn't want to ask for help. Um, I had kind of like the superhero mentality. Like I mm -hmm. wanted to save everybody else, you know, <laughs> and sometimes the guilt, the guilt and of course the cultural, cultural aspect of it as well. So it seems like I had a lot of the things that could really even like lead to the burnout. Like, and it's so mind blowing when you, when you find out when you're like, those shades have been open, the, you know, the blinds are open now. Like, okay. I can change some stuff. I can work on things. I can, you know, do the work and talk to somebody. Um, and my mental health is better. <laughs> my mental health is so much better, you know, like, and so definitely with May being mental health month as, you know, just like, as we like segue into this next point, maybe mm -hmm. pivot a little bit. Uh, what are some ways that, you know, we can bring more awareness around mental health, you know, just as people that help others that, you know, as nurses, as entrepreneurs, as givers, like what are some ways that we can bring more awareness around mental health? Mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing is breaking the stigma because everybody struggles with something. I mean, like I've already mentioned twice or now three times, like I've gone to therapy, I'm still in therapy, different things <laughs> of life because it's just like going to the gym or eating healthy. You're working on that constantly. It's not something you don't just eat one healthy meal and then you're healthy for the rest of your life. Um, but I think <laughs> is one of those things because you can't tangibly see it. You can see it over time, how it can be impacted. But if you, it's just that mental fitness of really, I know that's a term that's been used a lot um, over the years, but really taking care of our mental health and just having a tune-up essentially. Like you go in and just get yourself fixed a little bit, but it's having somebody who's non-biased that can be in the same room as you and talk through any struggles you're going through, life struggles. Because I don't know anybody who hasn't gone through something in their lives where they may need a little extra help in that time or new coping strategies that are no longer working that might've worked up until now. So it just gives you a different perspective and a little more support and there's nothing wrong with going to therapy or having that extra support because I feel like I need a village around me 
like mm-hmm. helping me in different capacities, just like I think everybody deserves that. And if they have access to that, so it's just resources. There's so many resources. And if you don't want to go to therapy, there is Talk Space and Better Health, which is like a phone app that has access to therapists as well. If you're not ready for that, like full on face to face, it's a segue to it. And there's so many other mental health apps that can be beneficial for people. But I think just really recognizing that there is absolutely nothing wrong with asking for help as hard as it can be. And if you've had an experience with therapists before where you're just like, oh, therapy's not for me, might have not been the right therapist. And that's absolutely okay. I mean, I used to tell my clients the first session, you're not comfortable with me. That's absolutely okay. I can always give you referrals. But I want to make sure that my client was comfortable being able to be so vulnerable in that space. And that's really important. So if it's not the right fit, it might just not be the right fit, like in dating or relationships. It's not always the right fit, (laughs) but finding the one that's right for you that will help you. And another great resource is psychologytoday.com. You can find therapists on there. Have you heard of it? Yes. Okay. So it's great with just filtering out kind of like doing a dating profile in a way, like finding what therapist works for you based off if you want a male or female, the type of issues that you're going through, the location, if they take insurance. It's a fabulous um, website. I used to be on there when I was a therapist, but like I've found great therapists on there for myself personally. So it's just other resources that if you don't have it like access right then and there that you can check out these resources as well. Um, But yeah, like I said, it's just breaking the stigma because there's nothing wrong with needing help. Yeah, no, I definitely believe as nurses, as healthcare providers, you know, with the past couple of years that have happened, everything that's we've gone through, everything that we're going through still currently, mental health is like such a like a, a topic that everyone is talking about. And I just don't want it to get to the back burner and just be like, oh, just when we had COVID or when we were going through that, that is really when our mental health needed attention. No, like you said, it's a, it's a tune up type of thing. You know, Mm -hmm. you and we go through all type of different seasons, all different types of, you know, things that happen in our life. um, And we may need that extra support. And Mm -hmm. so thank you for all of those resources. We're definitely going to put that in our show notes um, for everybody to check the check that out for sure, um, because. Whether you're not, you're going through something right now, you may know someone that may be like, I need to talk to somebody. I may need this extra help. So having those resources as nurses, as medical Mm -hmm. professionals, I think it's very important for us to have those available. Um, And yeah, I just love all the points about, you know, talking um, to a therapist. And like you said, like it's dating, like it's kind of like dating. And I've, I've, I've been through that process as well. I've been through like maybe three or four three or four therapists and maybe it's me. I don't know. Is that normal? <laughs> it's normal. It's normal. <laughs> it's okay to go through a few. Okay. And I started, I started off with like, I guess the talk space. Is that what you said? Yeah. The talk yeah. Space? Kind of like a chatting. He gave mm-hmm. me some tips. He gave me some resources. We did like a, uh, even like a, like a, I don't know, like a writing letter practice, writing a letter to the person who hurt me. Um, mm-hmm. And then, reading it and it was like even that was like really like a lot like you said having that non-biased person because I've heard people say like well I have my friends that I talk to I have my family that I talk to but in reality y'all these people are biased and (laughs) if your job whoever you work with is offering these services why not take advantage 
Absolutely. Why not go ahead and just go for your quick tune-up, go get a checkup in just like you do for your heart. <laughs> that should definitely be something we do on a regular. <laughs> I do. I'm preaching about it and I do it, y'all. I do it myself. <laughs> same, same. <laughs> for sure. The resources are so needed. And I love how you say breaking the stigma, y'all. Like, let's break that stigma. Let's let's talk about it. How are we doing today? How are you really doing? Um, and speaking to somebody that can help if you need that. Mm -hmm. For sure. So tell us a little bit more about your work. Let's jump back into your work um, yeah. and why you chose some of these 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 pillars. Um, I love that you have self-love in there, boundaries, but there's a couple more of your pillars of your work and you have work-life integration, self-love, boundaries, and emotional balance. Can you tell us a little bit more about those, why you chose them and how you really help uh, other uh, self-driven entrepreneurs create a life full of wealth and riches with these yes. pillars? Yes, absolutely. Um, so the pillars are based off my life, honestly. <laughs> um, my experience, my journey, and then I saw a common theme with other individuals in my life because I'm surrounded by such powerful women like yourself um, and just people that I've experienced hearing their journeys of how it just really aligned. And so these pillars came from just working with so many different clients of all types and work-life integration is the first one. And that's fundamental because if you do not have life and work integrating into the two, it is not going to allow you to have self-love and everything else that comes after that, um, at least in my mind, but in my experience. But I was able, once I started to use to say balance, like balance, like work-life balance, but I don't think it's ever 50-50, ever. I think it's depending on the season of life, the phase of life and how that all translates. So being able to have just the integration of you're not working yourself to the ground essentially and burning out, but you're also living your life and having both integrate into the two because my life, I feel like I'm still working, but I'm also having a blast doing it. And it's not as hard as it used to be. It feels like. So that's the foundational piece. And then moving into self-love, once you have that foundation, you can start working on yourself because now your mind's clear because you have that integration and you're really just pouring back into yourself. You're doing the daily habits that fulfill you. Just like what we were talking about, it's not about the face mask and just having a relaxing day. Yes, that's important, but it's also being able to do the hard things like prioritizing yourself when you need a break from somebody like walking away and having a few minutes, that's self-love. Like it's the little tactical things too that you might not realize. And then boundaries, it's once you have that love for yourself and you really fully prioritize yourself, it makes it that much easier to make those boundaries and enforce them because you have that confidence and that self-esteem within to do that and to vocalize it. And then emotional balance is really pulled from my background in psychology of just having the emotional balance when you're an entrepreneur or you just have a lot on your plate, your emotions can go up and down and all around, but being able to have that balance within the most important relationships in our lives, whether it's significant other, family, friends, coworkers, people in the office, the hospital, wherever you are located, but being able to have that regulation, and it's more like emotional intelligence too, so we dive really deep into that for each person. 
of just having that self-awareness on another level. So it's almost like we go through a journey, um, my clients and I, and being able to really facilitate that based off of my experience and just all the like clinical research I have on it as well. But that's kind of how they started and they suck. <laughs> that's, that's lovely. I mean, I just love that because it's like you can see the transition, how you're talking about work-life integration. I love this word um, and the phrase because you, like you said, the balance part, I don't I don't like work-life balance. I don't say work-life balance. This balancing feels like it's like you're doing this balancing act, you know, and I, I'm not this balancing act, this balancing person um, yeah. trying to put on a show. We're human beings. Um, mm -hmm. So I love that you use work-life integration versus the work-life balance. Um, that's really powerful. What are some examples of doing uh, work-life integration? I would just love to hear maybe like some examples that you have or you've seen. Yeah, I think it's just like being able to like go work at a coffee shop and I'm meeting with a client, but then I'm just, then a friend comes and I'm meeting with my friend. So like integrating that way, or maybe I'm running an errand and I take a quick call or a customer call for my other business. Like, so it's just in between things. You're not just focused on one thing at a time, but you're mm -hmm. integrating the two where it makes sense based off of everybody's schedules. Because right now I have three companies that I'm running and it's a lot. However, I have to integrate because it's not a complete balance because I'm not perfect. <laughs> um, I wish I could have more time in the day sometimes, but I think it's just making sense of like where you're at. Like, even if I'm on vacation or whatnot, it's not completely shut down because I'm talking about health and wellness to somebody or I'm doing something else, but I'm always integrating it depending on my schedule. It's never just like a moment where I'm just like chilling, I guess you could say like yeah. I'm still having fun while doing it. And I think that's why I integrate the two and it's not like just work and just life. It's always together where it makes sense. And I like fit it in where it does. Hopefully that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, no, it does. Um, because like you said earlier, like you love what you do um, and you find a way to include it both at the same time and you wear different hats sometimes so it's it's you you have to integrate it you have to make the most out of your time work smarter not harder right so and i think nurses can do a lot of that as well um and entrepreneurs can do a lot of that as well i know i have even when i'm at work i'm like still maybe like sending a message to somebody you know but it's 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 finding what works for you, finding that flow. Um, because in life, there's ups, there's downs, but as, as long as you're moving forward, as long as you know that you're moving forward um, and you're going towards your goals, and that's what I like to use, the work-life flow uh, instead of a work-life balance. So I feel you, I totally get it. So let's get into what Dr. Carolyn likes. As we're starting to wrap up, I know you're a busy lady. And I appreciate all of the things that you you know share, definitely all of them gems. But I wanna hear about how you take care of yourself. Cause like you said, you had three businesses uh, and doing all kinds of things, dating and you know, like trying to live your life. So what are some, what are your top three self-care activities that help you during a stressful time? Yes, um, well, being in nature is like imperative. Like I always immediately feel better, even if it's just for like a 10 minute walk, always feel better. Like I never regret it. <laughs> um, and then 
if I can't get outside because like sometimes it's cold here <laughs> in Colorado, but um, being able to just breathe, like especially if you are like, I work with a lot of mompreneurs, um, but like they can't always get out or they don't have those moments to themselves, but just taking a few deep breaths does sometimes like regulate my stress levels when I can't like just go for a walk or I can't do things I normally would do something quick and easy. And then I think the third thing would be just making sure I'm drinking enough water, honestly, because I know it's something so simple, but like it really makes a difference and I am terrible at it. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I have my water here. Got my water too. I was like, I'm on the phone. I need to have my water. You help me remind myself. But I think it's that too, like stressed out or whatnot. Like I will take like either a supplement or like I have my water, just something to relax me. Um, like one of them, it has ashwanda in it. So that's like something that like, I'm sure you're familiar, maybe, maybe not. Are you familiar with ashwanda? Yeah, immunity. I thought it was immunity or um, something like that. Yeah, the root like actually helps like calm the whole mind and body. So it's found in a lot of like teas or different things you can get. But that's like one thing that really helps me within like 20 minutes. I'm like, okay, I can breathe um, because it's all natural. I don't like to put anything that's not in my yeah. body. Um, but definitely that and water is like the third thing that really helps me in those really high stress moments. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Simple things, having a, a quick moment to deep breathe, drink your water, drink your ashwagandha tea, whatever you need to do. Um, those are really, really good. I think like I do a lot of those things, definitely nature, whatever it is, like tomorrow, I'm already like planning, I need to get out, I won't need to get into nature. Um, and like you said, even if it's a 10 minute walk, go to your mailbox, suck up some sun, I take breaks. During the during the day, I just have to like, go outside, like whatever that looks like for five minutes, 10 minutes, mm -hmm. I need the sun on me, y'all. Yes. And I, I would definitely add to the water to the deep breathing, just being kinder to myself with my thoughts because mm -hmm. I am so hard on myself back. Oh man. And it's still something that I have to practice. And I think you were sharing that earlier. It's not just like one and done, you know, you drink your water and you're healthy, you know, like you have to practice these things. You're not going to be stress-free just automatically. You take your deep breaths one time, right? You know, you have to keep these practices going. And I think it's so important that we, you know, make it more of a lifestyle, like a work-life yeah. integration lifestyle, you know, like it's <laughs> going with the flows, finding what works with us and supporting ourselves as much as we can. Mm -hmm. um, so I appreciate you for all of these wonderful gems. It's been so wonderful talking to you. Um, I know you're a busy lady and all the things that you're doing. I'm, I'm so like, I'm so supportive of everything. Um, Y'all check out her YouTube page, Morning Cup. You know, let's fill our cups, right? Like, mm -hmm. put your morning cup in <laughs> on YouTube. Yeah, I was thinking about that earlier when you were sharing. <laughs> I know, I was like, I haven't played. But yeah, no, definitely. Thank you so much for having me. I so appreciate your time and just being able to share with your amazing group of phenomenal people. And thank you again for just making the space for me today. Of course, of course, y'all. So please go check out Dr. Caroline, all of the wonderful <laughs> things that she's doing. Check out her YouTube channel. We'll add all of these things as well in the show notes below so that y'all can check out. And we appreciate you, Doc. Thank you so much. Thank Bye. you. Bye.
Y'all, another wonderful conversation with my friend, Dr. Caroline. She's amazing. And she's out here, y'all, getting it in. She's serving her clients, showing up as an entrepreneur and doing all the wonderful things. So she had so many wonderful gems to share with us. You know, we, we definitely should be pushing forward, moving forward in our goals and our dreams, but also taking the extra time to take care of you, whatever that looks like, practicing boundaries, self-love. All of these are so important. And I appreciate y'all for showing up and showing out. And we will see you next time. Bye.